if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. It's the Fantasy Bible. It's your host, Nate Binder, coming to you from the, uh, I don't know, the center of a desert, the depths of hell, um, the the surface of a cooking range, just the hottest, most miserable place on the planet. How are you doing, uh, Dane? I should say Dane Vega is with me, as always. Dane, how are you doing? hanging in there it's hot as it is everywhere um florida is no exception very humid heat index of like 115 the past few days it's brutal staying indoors and surviving yeah i've been trying to do more cardio lately and i've been going to the gym uh to that usually riding on an exercise bike or swimming a few laps uh but yesterday i just didn't have time to get to the gym before uh, my evening plans commenced so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to run a couple laps around my neighborhood. Big mistake. <laughs> yeah. And like halfway through the first one, I just like started disassociating. Like it was, it was just like, I felt like I was uh, feverish. Um, sweat was pouring down my body. My heart was racing. Uh, <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was not good. Um, yeah. It's, it's terrible. Um, there's nothing we could really do about it except, you know, use less plastic, I guess, um, drive a hybrid car. <laughs> uh, slow the eventual decay, but um, we're not here to talk about uh, the you know the climate death of the planet. We are here to talk about fantasy football. It's been a minute, but uh, I think we got a, a classic topic for y'all today, which is uh, wide receiver rankings. Just a straightforward top twenty wide receiver rankings. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Wide receivers rule the league nowadays. Fantasy football, no different. Um, we personally play in a three wide receiver and a flex league. So, I mean, pretty important to get some good wide receivers on your team. And the top 20 is going to be important. And I don't know how you feel, Dane, but for me, this was like the hardest ranking I've, I've had to do in our time since like we started doing the podcast, just because it's like mm -hmm. this. For me, it, it feels like this year where, like, since we had so many receivers come into the league last year and really the last two years, that it's like now you're really sort of weighing uh, projected jumps against, like, you know, old standbys and people like receivers that have been, you know, rock solid on your roster for the past five to 10 years now, you know dropping into the mid 20s you know like you know i'll just shout out mike evans as an example of someone mm -hmm. like you know we're probably both have chris olave ranked over mike evans um which you know feels crazy to say but that's uh that's where the state of the position is at so excited to get into that conversation but first dane i do have a mystery question for you excellent i like mysteries um and this one is uh a little bit of news, a little bit of self-serving uh, scouting on my part. 
Mm, um, I so don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, it's not it's nothing that you haven't already said before, but we okay. were uh, talking about keepers. Uh, you and our our friend Jacob, because we uh, do uh, play in a keeper league. That's uh, sort of one of the fun elements that just takes twelve pretty good players off the table for us every every year. Um, so it has its pros and cons. But I don't have the best uh, keeper options in the world, and one that I am leaning towards is Lamar Jackson uh, at the end of the fourth round. Uh, normally, that would be like way too early for me to take Lamar Jackson, but it seems like. The performance of quarterbacks last year has driven quarterbacks up the board pretty significantly. Um, and there's also a lot of hype around the new Lamar Jackson offense and some of the new receiving weapons that he's got uh, here, which, spoiler alert, talking a lot about these Baltimore receivers, but not one of them made it into my top uh, 24. So, yeah. uh, you know, how how improved is that receiving core really? We'll find out. Um and uh, you said that, like, I better take Lamar Jackson or I better keep Lamar Jackson because he's not going to be there after my third round pick uh, or even before my third round pick. Like, you might take him at the beginning of the third round since you and I are picking back to back, which is awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to know, is that true? And... If it is true, what's your read on all the camp reports out of Ravens camp that if things are just a mess, that the offense isn't coming together, that the new wide receivers aren't really gelling with Lamar, uh, that the, they're having a ton of penalties and they're just struggling to communicate, um, and that the the installation of Todd Munkin's new offense isn't going as smoothly as uh, perhaps we hoped? Um, there's certainly going to be some bumps in the road installing a new offense, new receivers. He's never thrown to OBJ or Zay Flowers, and they're presumably going to be on the field a lot with Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman if he's healthy. So, yeah, there's going to be bumps and bruises, but I think by like week four, we'll start to see a groove, and that's when things could really take off. Of course, still a lot of risk, even with Lamar himself having injury history. Um, yeah, personally, I probably won't take him at the two to three turn. Um, because that's just way earlier than I want to take a quarterback, but we don't have more picks until the four or five turn. So that's tough. Um, I probably will miss all the good quarterbacks is what is most likely to happen. Um, but yeah, we're not able to keep Jalen Hurts because he's being kept. And I don't know if there's any other quarterbacks, but yeah, that just really limits the good quarterbacks in the early uh, part of the draft that I might take. I'm not going to take, anyone other than josh allen or jalen hurts at the two to three turn i don't think so it's probably not for me this year we'll see yeah it's tough because i like philosophically i'm opposed to taking a quarterback so early like i'd rather just wait for a, a kirk cousins or an anthony richardson um down mm -hmm. the board um but i don't have a lot of other options and it like the thing is the only reason to take lamar would be because you believe that this like this is the year that it all comes together for the Ravens offense like now that he's got the weapons he's never had before and that there's going to be a lot more throwing downfield and it's not going to be these tight condensed uh run game formations like and and I was kind of buying into that but all these practice reports mm. do have me a little weary of the situation 
I personally do buy in. I think he will have a fantastic year, like top five quarterback this year, going to do well for whoever drafts him. But I still think it's a little too rich at the two, three turn. I Middle of the third is when I would start to consider it. And maybe it's not too early to pull the trigger at the 301 pick. But yeah, I, I've just tried to build my team with a quarterback. And then when you're coming back in the four or five turn, you really missed out on a good wide receiver or running back that you might have liked there. So a lot to consider. I do believe in Lamar this year. but. Uh, so you think it's a good value at the 411, though, then? Yeah, I, I certainly do. If it was a keeper option, I would take that for sure, yeah. yeah, yeah I do believe in him. At that point, you're basically getting him in the fifth, and you're not yeah. like held off of like taking the receiver or running back that you want in that range because um, mm-hmm. you've got those two picks close to there. All right, some specific discussion to our league, but I'm kind of – I really wanted to keep Josh Jacobs, but I have the 302, which is like the pick that he would be kept for, which is like essentially where he's being drafted anyway. Um, yeah. So there's next to no value in me doing that unless I can trade back. Anyway. Let's talk about some wide receivers, Dane. All right. Who you got in your top five? We'll just go groups of five and then compare. Yeah, I imagine we uh, almost have a similar top five. I think there's one player that who has uh, I have dropped down my rankings a little bit um, due to some recent news and, and just kind of thinking about it a little bit more. But my top five is uh, one through five, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Adams. Wow. Okay. That's pretty, pretty interesting. I have Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, and then Stephon Diggs. Okay. Um, so we're a little, a little more different than I thought at the top, but I think all good receivers that I wouldn't mind drafting in the fifth or top five. Yeah. AJ Brown is going to punish you this year, I think for, for not putting him in the top five. <laughs> he might, I don't know. He was so great last year. It's, I wouldn't be surprised if he just had slightly less production, but you never know. I don't know. He's a great player, great offense, great passer, great, you know, everything around him. No reason I, to doubt him. Can I give you the case for even more production? Uh, Yeah, sure, sure. So uh, I think that I have built a fair reputation on this podcast of bringing nuggets from Eagles training camp that yeah. end up being true. Um, the connection between A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts is apparently stronger than ever. Apparently, he's just throwing to him nonstop in training camp. And last year, he was throwing to him nonstop in training camp, but it was a lot of slants and out routes. This year, it's a lot of deep balls. And something that uh, some people have brought up but is is often forgot is that the Eagles played about three quarters a game last year. They yeah. were bl- blowing teams out so much that they just leaned on the run game in the fourth quarter and AJ Brown's targets plummeted. They have a much more difficult schedule this year and a roster that's just like not quite as strong overall. So I expect them to be passing even more and have to be in more competitive situations. Um, So I just, yeah, I just really believe in AJ Brown. And I, I, after I thought about it, there wasn't a receiver that I would want more than him after that top three of Jefferson Hill and chase, who was your number three? Cooper Cup, I have him over Tyreek Hill. I believe he will be healthy, so I'm keeping him in my three spot, just above Tyreek Hill. But uh, when push comes to shove in the draft, I might end up drafting Hill over Cup because he's so exciting. Um, So I don't blame you for having Hill at two. Yeah, tell me more about Cooper Cup because that's the player that I dropped down my rankings due to, like, I was a little iffy on him anyway because I'm like, 
you know, how healthy is Matthew Stafford? That's kind of up in the air. There's really no one around him. So this offense isn't going to be putting up a lot of points, at least from my estimation. And then when like an aging wide receiver who's had injury issues in the year past comes up with a hamstring injury in, in training camp. And, you know, that's kind of like the classic linger all year injury. Um, yeah, I, I, alarm bells are going off for Cooper Cup. So I'm curious why you have him in that spot and, and the justification for it. Um, well, when he was healthy and Stafford was healthy last year, there he was the number one wide receiver ahead of Justin Jefferson and everyone else by a decent amount points per game. So I'm assuming that they are going to be healthy. Matt Matt Stafford is healthy right now, but if I had to rank the most likely quarterbacks to retire in the middle of the season, it would be Tua and then Matt Stafford. So um, there's concern there. But yeah, the hamstring thing, I mean, we're drafting in what, two and a half weeks-ish, three weeks. So if I still hear good news about his health, then I'm not going to worry about it personally. But I don't believe his style of play is reliant on explosiveness or anything like that he's just a very savvy option route receiver always finds space matthew stafford looks at him for a second and fourth like i i think it's going to be fine as long as he's healthy but the hamstring certainly adds risk yeah he certainly won't have a lot of target competition um he's just a player i'm, I'm kind of uh scared of this year all right say so you're say so you're picking at the top of the draft uh, you have the number one overall pick. Let's just say that's a scenario. That <laughs> but, <you're> yeah, <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> a hypothetical scenario. And you're picking between Justin Jefferson and Christian McCaffrey. Uh -huh. you, you know that Justin Jefferson has probably the highest floor of any fantasy player. And he may even have a higher ceiling this year. Adding Jordan Addison into the mix, that offense could be even better. Um, or you have Christian McCaffrey, who has an equally high ceiling uh but probably a, a terrible floor just given the injury history in years past which direction are you leaning um very tough question i've tried to mock both ways and even played around switching my keeper choice to kind of compensate in ways but I'm not really 100% certain, but I'm definitely leaning Justin Jefferson because we have three wide receiver spots and he is amazing. And hes I've never had him on my team and I kind of want to experience that. <laughs> I've had Christian McCaffrey a couple times, got burned once, was very happy the other time. Uh, don't really care about flipping that coin again this year if, on an emotional level, you know, not a analytical level. But yeah, they're both very good picks. I don't, I don't think there's like a clear answer, but given the third wide receiver slot, I think... I might just push be, be pushed in the direction of the elite wide receiver there. Yeah, I'm uh, not in the mental position of uh, rostering Christian McCaffrey again, so <laughs> I, I'm probably just uh, a lot of people aren't. Yeah, that's need, need, to, need to trade out of that spot or something like that because that's uh, you can always just, just pick a receiver, thing. let him fall to three. <laughs> yeah, could always take Tyreek Hill, um, yeah. who I'm I'm a big fan of this year just because you know he he did it last year and. Hopefully, Tua, now that he's learned how to fall, um, can, <laughs> can yeah. maintain his health. Um, so, yeah, Jefferson, Hill, Chase, Brown, Adams, that was mine. You had Diggs in there. Um, I do. Diggs is my number six player, so I, I don't think we're, like, that far apart. Um, but any concern with, like, holdouts or whatever the heck is going on up there, he seems like it's, like, one of those low-key things where he's not happy with his situation, but there's mm -hmm. not a lot of reporting out about it. 
Yeah, there's certainly weird vibes, but I think the squeaky wheel is going to get the grease and it's just going to be a monster season from Diggs. Allen was not healthy for most of the year last year. Playing with that elbow injury it certainly impacted his uh, accuracy and and Diggs, you know, is vocal about wanting targets. He's going to get them and Josh Allen's going to be healthy. I mean, they have everything to prove this year. They need to make a Super Bowl run uh, sooner than later. And I can't imagine a world where Stephon Diggs does not have like 115 plus receptions and 10 touchdowns, 1400 yards. Like it's going to be a great season for him. I I do believe so. That pushes him over Adams for me, Devontae Adams, just because I don't know. There's still pretty weird vibes coming out of Las Vegas with Jimmy Garoppolo. And but yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't care if I had Diggs or Adams if they were both on the board. I, I'd be happy with both. Yeah, my my heart says Diggs, um, but I feel like I, I've always ranked Diggs over Adams, and then Adams ends up slightly outperforming Diggs. Yes. So that's yeah. kind of why I put Adams over him in this scenario. All right, give me your top five one more time, and then we'll move on. That was Jefferson, Chase, Cup, Hill, Diggs. All right, and I have Jefferson, Hill, Chase, Brown, Adams. Um, let's get into six through ten. Give me your six through ten. So I had Devontae Adams at six, right behind Diggs. And then I have C.D. Lamb at number seven, Garrett Wilson at number eight, A.J. Brown at number nine. Bro, and you're crazy. <laughs> I know you're going to C.D. Lamb me. is not going to outscore A.J. Brown. <laughs> I think it could happen. Um, and then Jalen Waddle at 10. The Cowboys who want to run the ball more this year. Yeah, we'll who are see, saying we'll They're see. trying to win too many games last <laughs> year with Kellen Moore. They just need to be running the ball. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe A.J. Brown and Lamb could be swapped. I could be convinced. but. Um, yeah, I'm not really like loving CD Lamb this year, but I I think he's the clear number one. I think it's going to be a lot of production for him. Uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I knew you would hate me for putting AJ Brown at nine, given that you had him at like four. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, J- and I'm going to be right. 10, That's so. the crazy part is you know I'm going to be right. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm always right. Um, <laughs> Jalen Waddle at 10. Damn, that's high for Jalen Waddle. <laughs> I like Jalen Waddle. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can have him. Um, I have Diggs, Cup, Garrett Wilson, C.D. Lamb, St. Brown. Um, okay, I don't disagree with that. That's so wait, give me yours one more time. Adams, Lamb, Wilson, Brown, Waddle. So we both have Garrett Wilson at 8, right? And then you have Amon Ra at 10. I have him at 11. So, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty in line with that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any concerns I have with this group. Um not really. I mean, St. Brown has a little more competition for targets this year with Gibbs and Laporta and Jamison Williams all kind of entering the fray. But I just think he's like Jared Goff's security blanket, and there's no concerns there for me. Yeah, I don't have many concerns um, about him. Um, as far as other concerns, you mentioned Lamb might you know not be very productive in this Dallas offense if they truly want to slow the game down, run the ball more. Garrett Wilson could be... Uh, surprise victim of new quarterback going to a team uh, that's supposed to be very good. Like we saw with Denver last year. I don't know if that just goes nuclear, that could be bad, but yeah, I don't have any concerns with any major concerns with them. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I don't think your lamb ranking is crazy. Uh, I wouldn't rank him over Ad or Brown just because like AJ Brown's a true alpha number one top dog receiver and cd lamb just seems to be like a little bit of a 1a to me like he's he's very good but i get you um the talent isn't quite there and then that with like the 
the drop potential drop in in targets um just the mike mccarthy coordinated offense i don't know i have some concerns about dallas this year i think you're right i think i need to consider the fact that dallas was like a number two productive offense last year and they're probably not going to be a number two productive offense again just by odds of you know year-to-year fluctuations and certainly things seem to be trending slightly down so yeah i could I can bump it down a couple, but I'm not in a position to draft them anyway, so it won't really affect me. Yeah. Um, so we have Garrett Wilson, I think, in the same spot, or either the seven or eight for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so it's it's kind of funny what you said because like uh in in my opinion, or what I'm hoping for Garrett Wilson is that like, you know, he had an insanely productive rookie year with absolutely nothing at quarterback and now he has, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Pretty easy projection to to put him in the top ten. But to your point, yeah. uh, Alan Lazard could be getting getting all those targets, or you know, so we never know with with Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, I'm like, I think Garrett Wilson is getting kept in our league. Um, so there's like no chance that either of us will be drafting him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is a player that I would be like most excited to draft um and willing to take this sort of risk on because he's probably the riskiest player in the top 10 that we've mentioned because it's a huge projection um yeah 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 he's essentially being drafted at his ceiling <laughs> so you really got to believe in him and that offense uh accepting Aaron Rodgers taking it in stride and not missing a beat because if they have a slow start to the season then he probably won't live up to that eighth rank that we're putting him at so yep it'll be fun though he's a great player yeah, so I guess that's like a player that I mean, a lot of uh, he, he's in this ranking for a lot of fantasy groups. But for me, this is like a player that we're kind of like putting our our name on because, like, to me, out of this top ten, he's the one that could easily not have this ceiling just because he hasn't done it before. Um, mm-hmm. Any other thoughts for these players uh, in the six through ten range? Again, I had. Uh, Diggs, Cup, Garrett Wilson, C.D. Lamb, and St. Brown, and you had Adams, Lamb, Wilson, A.J. Brown, and Waddle. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, we touched on pretty much all the upside and potential risk for each of them. I, I feel pretty strong about this group. I'd be very happy to get them, any of them as my wide receiver one in a draft. Uh, my last sort of take here is that uh, like Waddle had some pretty insane uh, Catch a reception, catch uh, what is it? Uh, average depth of target, average depth of target. Thank you. Last year, and uh, also catches per reception. And uh, I think some of that is going to come back to earth. Um, I just think, like, if if the Dolphins offense regresses in, in any direction, it's going to regress more in the Waddle direction than the Tyree Kill direction. Um, not that I don't like Waddle and I have him as in my top 20, um, but he's there's some. I think we t- had this exact same conversation last year, and it, it's funny because I do have Amon Ross, St. Brown, but you get to a certain point where you're like, do I want to take a team's wide receiver one that might not be a great team, or do I want to take the wide receiver two on like a fantastic offense? Um, and so I lean a little bit more to the former, but Waddle mm-hmm. is definitely in that second second camp there. Yeah, I totally understand that. I view it more as a 1A, 1B on that offense. Um, I think that both are pillars of the passing game, and they're equally important. But I'm not so worried about uh, Waddle, I guess, as you are. But um, just a very fun player to watch 
fun offense. So I'd be happy to get him in the top 10 wide receivers off the board. Gotcha. All right. Um, in our next group here, I have at 11, uh, I'm interested to see where you have this player. I'm feeling now that I might be out on a limb, uh, Amari Cooper. Um, then I have T Higgins. Then I have Debo Samuel. And then I have Chris Olave. And then I have Calvin Ridley. Wow. All right. Some juicy uh, names there with Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley making it into your top 15. I like that. Um, so I've got Amonra at 11, DK Metcalf at 12, Chris Olave at 13, T. Higgins at 14, and Devonta Smith at 15. Hey, Devonta. Um, okay. So St. Brown, that ranking I'm in agreement with. Metcalf, I have him a lot lower here. Uh, the talent is there. Uh, almost. I mean, he's not the most well-rounded wide receiver, but he does what he does well. But uh, I'm just a little concerned. Like, I feel like Tyler Lockett outperformed him in games last year. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility this year. And then they add in uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba as a third target getter. Mm -hmm. Um, And then DK Metcalf just didn't finish. I think he was what, like number? Yeah, he was the wide receiver 19 last year. Mm-hmm. And he figures in to get potentially less targets this year. So why are you so high on uh, him? Um, he was he led the league in end zone targets and only had, I think, six or seven touchdowns on the season. But he had like 26 end zone targets. Like he was in the end zone. The ball was thrown to him. So I think that's going to swing back slightly. And I see no reason why this offense is not going to be great again for fantasy and just by just because they added Jackson Smith and Jigba and they drafted another good running back like I think that's just going to boon the whole offense a bit um I just think it's going to be a big TD year for DK Metcalf I mean the talent is undeniable um he didn't have a great year last year and I think that's coming back in a big way it's just something I believe you know kind of gut feeling I'm betting on him he's better on the talent kind of why you have Debo Samuel in this group as well yeah, fair enough. And also, like, the DK Metcalf's best year was the year that he caught 10 touchdowns. Um, yeah. and, and his yardage has remained, like, pretty static around, like, 900 to 1,100 yards. Like, he's not mm-hmm. a huge volume player. But if he can get those TDs, uh, that that is the difference maker. Okay, yeah, I think that's uh, totally justifiable. Um, it looks like we have Olave in similar spots. I'm a, a little worried about Olave this year just because that entire Saints situation seems kind of precarious and i don't think like Derek carr is is very good potentially around the same level as like andy dalton last year um but he was great as a rookie and he's he's like you know i'm not not really believing that michael thomas is gonna come out out and and have like you know a no 100 target season so like chris olave is the wide receiver one for the saints offense um and that's why i have him where i have him yeah, I'm very excited about him this year. I think he's going to be drafted as like a top five or six wide receiver next year. I'm not worried about Derek Carr. He did it with Devontae Adams in Las Vegas last year. He's going to get to the New Orleans, you know, week one. The lights are on and he's going to look at Chris Olave and he's going to see Devontae Adams. And that's just going to be the same thing. again. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I just think it's going to be very similar to what happened with Devontae Adams last year. He's just going to pepper him with targets. Olave is a huge talent. They're working on his contested catching, which will only benefit his other great part of the game, getting wide open for his quarterback. It's going to be a no brainer for Derek Carr to throw on the football. And it's going to be like 140 plus targets, I think. 
And you had Olave over T. Higgins. I had T. I Higgins do. over Olave, so yeah. kind of a re- reversal situation here. But it's kind of funny because I was about to say that like oh, Olave is on the smaller side, so if you want to avoid potentially injury-prone players, he could be one. And then I was like, well, T. Higgins is not on the smaller side, and he is always getting banged up. Um, yeah. So, But I think we're probably in agreement with T. Higgins. Top-end wide receiver, two on his team, can produce wide receiver uh, one numbers for you. And if anything happens to Chase, you immediately have like an insane target monster. Yeah, I totally agree. My feelings on T. Higgins for the past three years are well-documented. One of my favorite players to have in fantasy and for that same argument, I also have Devonta Smith right after him. Same thing you said. If AJ Brown were to miss time, Devonta Smith is going to be the de facto target hog there. And he's already capable of having big week one, or sorry, big wide receiver one weeks. Um, and like you said, on an offense that's probably going to have to pass more, especially into the fourth quarter, they're going to have to play four quarters of football this year, harder schedule, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah, I view T. Higgins and Devonta Smith pretty similarly this year. Chris Olave, I put just ahead of them both because I thought he's the wide receiver one by a long shot on that offense. Yeah, and th- this is all sort of vibe-based, but I have Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith a little lower in my next tier and, and sort of my you know high-end wide receiver two on their team tier um, where I have T. Higgins higher. And that's really just like based on the idea that like Jamar Chase isn't always the wide receiver one on that team. Like there are just certain games where, you know, T Higgins is going to get 15 targets just based on what the defense is giving them. And I feel like, you you know, Waddle and and Smith have those games too, but there's just something about T Higgins. Maybe it's because he's got like a prototypical wide receiver one body Mm -hmm. that makes me uh, inch him up my rankings. But I think you could very conceivably have Waddle or Smith uh, over him, or at least in the same range. I guess I'll touch on Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Um, so Amari Cooper was fantastic last year. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, he finished as the wide receiver eight. Um, mm. He was better with uh, Jacoby Brissett than he was with Deshaun Watson. Um, and Deshaun Watson looked god-awful. So yeah. there is some concern around that. And like, if I'm getting what I want, um, Amari Cooper's not a top 24 receiver because the Browns offense is so terrible, um, that it, you know, that no one produces and then that whole embarrassing franchise just kind of washes into the, <laughs> whatever lake is near Cleveland. They would have uh, been asking for it. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, that's what I want to happen. What I think is going to happen is that they're, they're still going to be a top half of the league offense. And I think Amari Cooper's just going to be you know, a wide receiver one. I think he's a couple steps above the talent around him. You got David Njoku. Um, you've got Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, Elijah Moore, and stuff like that. But I think having Elijah Moore might actually help Amari Cooper um, to be not the only good receiving weapon on that team. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I've just always liked Amari Cooper. I know that over the course of the season, he gets his points and kind of a boom bust fashion that he can disappear for games here and there. But I think he always sort of ends the year in that top 15 when he's healthy and he is his team's wide receiver one with a theoretically good quarterback and a good offensive coordinator. Um, I'm, I'm just pretty high on him this year and I think I'll be able to get him at a good value because I don't see him ranked this highly um, really anywhere else. Um, And then Calvin Ridley, 
Uh, more just a vibes thing. I mean, I think this Jags team is going to be really good. I think Calvin Ridley is going to be the top wide receiver on that team, as good as Christian Kirk was last year. He doesn't have, you know, the the same intang or not, uh, you know, physical traits that Calvin Ridley has. Uh, the separation ability, uh, the ability to go up and get it. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver one on a, on a good offense, top 15 player. Yeah. I don't disagree with the, both the cases you made. I guess I just view Amari Cooper as two boom bust for my taste. I'd love him as a wide receiver too. I wouldn't feel super comfortable as a wide receiver one. That's why he's a little lower for me there. Um, Calvin Ridley. I also agree with, I don't have him quite as high just because I want to see it first. And there's a lot of risk drafting him as high as he's probably going to. There's going to be a few believers in your draft. Somebody's going to take him for the upside because the upside is undeniable. It's there. He could be a top. I mean, if he finishes the wide receiver six, I would not be surprised. I'd be a little like, wow, that was really cool. But I would not be shocked. Uh, yeah. Always a I risk. Think, yeah, I think his upside's higher than Amari Cooper for that reason. Um, but very similar players. Honestly, not too different than DK Metcalf. And as far as like how they get their points, like. Cooper and Metcalf kind of similar boom bust style. So maybe I could probably meet them in the middle somewhere. Um, but as far as gut check, I would always pick Metcalf over Cooper. So that's just my preference, but that's fair enough. Um, and then Debo Samuel, uh, I also have it at yeah. number 13 here. Just a super talented wide receiver. Um, he's talked about, how he didn't really ever feel comfortable last year, um, whether it was medical things or just not getting settled in the offense. Uh, he just didn't feel quite right. And then this year, he's also worked a lot on specific like wide receiver trait um, things, which he's always been a great wide receiver. But before there was this idea that he would have to get those uh, running back snaps to be fantasy relevant or to be like, you know, a top fantasy option. And Christian McCaffrey obviously eats into that. But I think, I don't know, I just think he's a talented wide receiver. He's the wide receiver one on his team. Kittle is already struggling with injury. Ayuk has always been kind of up and down. Um, the 49ers offense is always great. So, yeah, I just like Dito Samuel. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. And I'd be fine, like, similar to a lot of players in this range, like Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Debo Samuel. One of those players is going to be a top 10 scoring wide yeah. receiver. And you, so I'm, I'm down to take risks on them in this sort of range of the draft. Yeah. Well said. I also feel the same about Debo. I think he's going to have a huge year this year, bounce back in a big way. He's committed to it. All the interviews and reports are he's putting in the work like never before. So bet in the bet on the talent. I mean, we've seen how explosive he is on the field, super fun player to watch and have on your team. I do have him at 16. All so, right. <laughs> so yeah. He's, yeah. A, a bit higher on your board, which I'm surprised. I didn't think you'd be that high on Debo, but uh, for the same reason, I love him too. So um, I would pick him over Ridley and Cooper as well. So that's funny. I don't know about you, but I build these boards and then I go into the draft and then I just use like the consensus ADP. <laughs> like, because <laughs> like, I'm yeah. like, a lot of times I build it. And like, you know, there are some player preferences that I'll use my own rankings for, but a lot of the times it's kind of like, I'm not going to pretend to know more than the like the wisdom of the crowd. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so it'll it'll be interesting to see like where the because there's just a a lot of interesting players in this range. Yeah, totally agree. I've tried to draft according to my list a few times, and it's pretty close. There are a few instances where I deviate, but um, that's kind of how I built my list. Is like if I'm on the clock, would I take this name over the rank one lower than that name? And yeah, it's pretty true. Holds pretty true for me. And what you said about DK and Amari Cooper is funny because like I have Amari Cooper 11, I have DK 18. So we're swapped basically. (laughs) Yeah, pretty big spot between them. But when I get down to to it and I'm like, oh, do I take Amari Cooper, the player who's always been inconsistent and is more of like a separation route runner player? Or do I take the Hercules with the dyed hair and the earring (laughs) and the extreme swag? Like uh, sometimes it just comes down to which player is the more physically impressive. Yeah. uh, And and that's the one you go with. Uh, So give me your, the rest of your 16 through 20. All right, so Debo was 16. I have Keenan Allen at 17. And then the two-pack that we talked a lot about, Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley, 18 and 19. So I'm not far off there. Do believe in them. And number 20, I have a familiar name a bit lower than ever, DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's going to be interesting. You can't quit DeAndre Hopkins. He's not even in <laughs> my top He was good 24. last year. When he came back, he's off steroids now. He was still great. He's old, sure, but he's going to be the wide receiver one for Ryan Tannehill. That's worked in the past with A.J. Brown. I don't see any reason why it's not going to work unless the age really catches up to him. But he looked great when he came back last year. He was like a top 10 wide receiver. He had one great game. He had one 21-point game. One 14-point games, a bunch of games around the nine-point range. He missed games after he came back, and his final three games were 6.6 points and 0.4 points. Man, that's fine. I'll get to, I'll get Hopkins, and you can watch on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm uh, man. I, that is so high for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm I'm not touching. He's too old for me now. That's fine. Um, that's fine. But basically, yeah. we have our like tiers just swapped. Like you have the younger wide receiver twos that have high floors and potentially high ceilings, sort of in the block ab- above mine, where I have sort of like players that could be wide receiver ones, but are, have different factors impacting them. And then in my sixteen through twenty is where I have Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, DK Metcalf. Uh, DJ Moore. I'm interested to see where DJ Moore ends up on your list and Terry McLaurin. Um, interesting. Yeah, I, I, man, Terry McLaurin and DJ Moore are like two of the two of the few names on my wide receiver list that have a line through them. I'm not drafting. <laughs> interesting. Uh, in fact, when I made my top fifty, I forgot to put DJ Moore because I just waited to put him on the list for so long that I actually forgot about him, and then I slotted him in at like. 32 like <laughs> near drake london <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's fair i'm i'm buying the year three quarterback new yeah like the the, the the thing that we've seen the past two years happen i'm just hoping that that's going to happen again i do think dj Moore's talented and like by far the most talented receiver on that bears offense it's just like is justin fields a real quarterback um right. i'm hoping yes um and and if he is then dj Moore's going to have a great season yeah, it's either you you believe that or you don't. And yeah, no, I yeah. don't. <laughs> that's fine. If you believe it, it could be a great value. Um, but Justin Fields has to be a good throwing quarterback. Haven't seen it yet. Um, maybe DJ Moore unlocks it for him. That's really the conversation here. I just don't believe it. 
And then Scary Terry, I just think Sam Howell's going to be like better than ever anyone expects this year. Yeah, again, if you believe in Sam Howell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you uh, want which, to bank your fantasy season on yeah. Sam Howell. Which I don't, don't want to do that, man. Um, this team is like a lame duck team. I mean, Ron Rivera is going to be gone next year, most likely. They have no allegiance to Sam Howell. I think Sam Howell could be gone by week seven or eight, which would probably be better for the team. Um, but yeah, it's right, so So tough. this is going to be, I think, a good point of contention for us here because... I think Sam Howell's going to be like, I think after this year, it's going to be like, he's not going to be like a starting quarterback, but it's going to be like that Jacoby Brissett level of like, he could start for any team. Oh wait, Jacoby Brissett is on that team. So worst case scenario, (laughs) (laughs) you're at least catching balls from Jacoby Brissett who helped produce Amari Cooper, the number eight overall wide receiver last year. I'll buy low a week before Sam Howell gets benched for Jacoby Brissett. And then I'll be (laughs) in on Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, who I don't have too much farther down the list than Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin for me is like 25 and then Jahan Dotson's like 30 something. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin just catches a nice deep ball. Sam Howell has always yeah. thrown a nice deep ball. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, yeah. It's going to be are, so inconsistent that I don't want it. <laughs> you're right. This is a personal, I've always loved Scary Terry. It's a bit of a, a The talent is undeniable. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that's just how I feel about that. I'll take Hopkins over that any day. <laughs> um Waddle Smith, we probably don't really need to talk about. Uh, I you have Devonte Smith a lot higher than I do. Um, Devonte Smith is my favorite uh, <laughs> NFL player, probably. Uh, I'm just a little worried about like you know if Dallas Goddard plays a full year, and we haven't gotten to running back That's rankings, fair. but I'm hearing quite a bit about Mr. DeAndre Swift uh, as a pass catching weapon for the Eagles this year, and so I think there might just be like. A couple more targets to go around. I don't know. I think Devontae Smith is going to have a great season. I think his ceiling is just a little capped. Um, yeah, Metcalf we've talked about. DJ Moore we've talked about. Terry McLaurin we talked about. Any other players in your 16 through 20 range that we want to hit on? Keenan um, Allen, maybe. I think he deserves a quick mention that I don't see any world where he's not a top 17 wide receiver. Or like, He's not going to be a top 10 wide receiver, but he's not going to be out of the top 20. He's slowing down, man. You can tell he's slowing down. Yeah, but his game never relied on explosive quick cuts or anything. He's just a, a tactician in the route running short to intermediate yardage. Justin Herbert believes and trusts in him. And when Keenan Allen came back from injury, yes, he was injured for like eight weeks with a hamstring or something. But when he came back, he was excellent. Like, I don't see this offense getting worse than it was last year. They all signs point up with offensive coordinator change and all that. So I just think he's an undeniable part of the offense that will have another productive year, whether he's slowing down is not so much of a concern to me because I saw it last year. I guess that's why I also believe in Hopkins. Like, I don't know. These players have just such a long track record of being great and he's going to get his targets. He's going to be a part of the offense. Touchdowns, not really his thing. So you kind of need some of those to go his way for him to pay out. But I mean, I have him ranked as my wide receiver 17. If he's my wide receiver one, I probably have some really good running backs or quarterback or tight end ahead of him. And that's fine. I'd feel okay with that. But as a wide receiver two, I think he's excellent. Yeah. I have him at 21. So I'm not like that far behind you, but I am curious where you have Mike Williams, ranked. So not far from where we stopped. We stopped at 20. I have him like 25. Gotcha. I have him at 22 right after Keenan Allen. Because mm-hmm. it just kind of feels like 
whichever one of them is like healthy for the full season is will never be healthy for the full season unfortunately or at the same time like it's just kind of um stressful but i would like to get like one of those players on my roster and i would feel pretty good about it um yeah some other players i'd like to shout out maybe you can just give me your quick rankings on them as uh as i say them uh christian kirk um yeah i he ended up lower than i thought in my rankings i have him 29 but i do like him i think he's a good value i have him 23 so a little bit higher uh on him and that's just kind of banking on like what if calvin ridley doesn't work out you know then christian kirk is like he should have value anyway but if on the chance that ridley doesn't work out he'll have he could be a steal um tyler lockett i do like lockett he's always a great value um 23. yeah he's 24 for me same same range uh christian watson 26. He moved up higher than I thought he would in my rankings. I'm starting to buy into this whole Jordan Love hype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have him 26 as well, just because like the physical talent was undeniable last year. And yeah. uh, it just seems like, you know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot about Luke Musgrave and stuff, but it seems like Watson will probably be, as long as he can take a little bit of a leap, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a huge target getter on that team. Um, okay. One of my ultimate favorite players, not sure if I'm going to draft him. George Pickens. Oh, he's so difficult to draft, but he's so good. Like you said, um, I don't even think he made my top 30. It, yeah, I don't see his name right now. Yeah, I probably I, have him too low, but he'd be like mid 30s for me. Yeah, he's right around 30 for me just because the talent is there. And like there's a world where he's fantasy relevant. It's just hard to think that that offense is going to be like more than 3,500 passing yards. Um, okay, uh, last one here Michael Pittman. Oh, he's got a line through his name on my board. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, okay. I have him like 38. <laughs> you don't believe that he's going to be the inaccuracy eraser security blanket? Uh, I don't care. The offense is not going to have enough passing work to make me want to start Michael Pittman. I don't think he's a bona fide true wide receiver one in the NFL. I think he's just been booned by targets, and that's not enough for Anthony Richardson as a rookie coming in to make me feel anywhere close to excited about that. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I need you to keep me level-headed about uh, the Colts <laughs> offense because I just want to draft like everyone on it. Um, I want literally no one on the Colts <laughs> offense. Maybe Anthony Richardson, but it's still risky. You need to, almost need a second quarterback on your roster at that point. Yeah, and Jonathan Taylor, I wouldn't mind either. But uh, who knows what if he's I, even going to play for that team. Yeah, super interesting there too. All right, any final thoughts, any sleepers that are in the rest of your top 50 that you want to shout out before we get out of here? Um, I think that Hollywood Brown is being very slept on in the rankings this year. He's like 32 in ADP on Fantasy Pros. I think he should be more like 25. I don't know if I'd draft him there, but I think if Kyler does come back at any point during the season, then that's going to be fantastic for him. But even if not, he's the wide receiver one for sure they're gonna have to throw a lot it's not gonna be pretty with uh clayton toon or colt mccoy but you know i don't i don't think he's a bad receiver he's pretty similar to like i don't know not quite a bona fide wide receiver one but close kind of guy is he like the new brandon cooks maybe yeah yeah that's a good way to look at him yeah Yeah. in fact i have brandon cooks like right next to him in my rankings (laughs) yeah i wish i was wishing i could get brandon cooks in my top 24 but i just couldn't uh realistically do that but um okay last question here is gabe davis a great post-type sleeper 
Yes, he will still have streaky performance, I think. But yeah, I think he's kind of falling down the board too much, similar to like how Mike Williams is pretty low this year. I think they're both high upside and Gabe Davis is wide receiver 40 on fantasy pros. I mean, I would take him wide receiver 32-ish, like around Deontay Johnson type guy. Yeah, Gabe Davis is your wide receiver three flex. Feels feels pretty good to me. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, this has been wide receiver rankings. We'll try and get one, maybe two episodes out before, you know, the football season actually starts. Probably maybe running back rankings, maybe hot takes, because I've got some hot takes simmering. We've got to get a hot takes in, yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll get Jacob on, do a a mock draft, uh, try and get what Jacob's thinking so we can get inside his head. I like Um, that. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you when we see you. Take care.